The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Moss and Will Brinson here, joined by our Pick Show squad, Alex Selznick, a.k.a. Prop Stars, and Emery Hunt of Sportsline, also known as the Czar of the Playbook. This episode of Pick 6 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. The last episode, the Super Friends dug into week eight of the NFL season, where Breach, Wilson, and Brinson hashed out what's next for the Vikings after losing Kirk Cousins, and should the 49ers and Chiefs panic? Uh, maybe um, you can catch that episode on our YouTube channel or the audio version, wherever you get your podcasts while you're there, go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss another episode. It's now time fellas to look at early lines and leans for week nine of the NFL. Um, and we can talk about some macro trends, obviously underdogs six, six and two against the spread home teams, seven, five and two against the spread home dogs still barking four, three, two against the spread. And the overs went eight and six. Have the totals got so low now that the overs are back? Yeah, I think so. And by the way, um, you mentioned sponsored by FanDuel. Our, uh, our FanDuel podcast parlay that we put together somehow missed uh, it hit three or four <laughs> freaking Chiefs. The Chiefs are how we lost that podcast parlay. Unbelievable. Had the Panthers and underdog, the Ravens and the Eagles, and then uh, and the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are the ones that cost it for us. So that's that's something interesting there. But yeah, I mean, I think that like what you see is um, a little bit of an overreaction where the the totals get so low that it ends up being a thing where you know we're gonna get we're gonna get more scoring. You know, it's gonna be weather dependent. It's gonna be matchup dependent. Um, but you know you might have a matchup with like like RJ had the uh, in, in the best bets he had the, the Rams total team total under nineteen and a half uh, and basically lost it because the Cowboys scored so many points you know like and that game went way over um, and I think if you look at the week in general you know Saints and Colts low total and you get sixty plus points sixty plus points of Rams and Cowboys uh, the Dolphins dropped thirty one of the Pats and and so you see uh, that that number uh, certainly um, you know like 
you just see like a you can just see like a bunch of games where depending on what the weather was, Eagles Commanders you know, sixty nine points in that game. Um, Ravens Cardinals fifty five points and a bunch of those weren't even necessary. Like the Ravens were up uh, 10, 10 plus points. The Cardinals score, so the Ravens go down and score, and then the Cardinals answer, and they, there was a two point conversion in there. So it's like I, I think a lot of it is sort of game environment. And a lot of it is um, unders hit at such a high rate that it pulls the numbers down, and then you don't need as many points to go over. Which did what did y'all uh, just for research purposes? What happened in that Chiefs Broncos game that caused y'all to lose it? Uh, the Chiefs lost. The Chiefs lost. Yeah, it was a it's a money line parlay. So it's Chiefs, Eagles, Ravens money line parlay, and the Chiefs, Eagles, Ravens, and Panthers money line parlay. We have to have one uh, one underdog, and so we had like three huge favorites in the Chiefs, uh, which you know, I feel like the Chiefs were a pretty good bet, having not lost to Denver in like you know a long time. Uh, was the well, loser. but that's before you knew that Patrick Mahomes ha- was sick and had the flu. I'm sure I wasn't here on Thursday, but but you were here on Tuesday or Monday last week. All three of you guys said Alex he was dealing with yeah. oh. the weather. Very mm. under the weather. So you guys were here, you for, know. For what? For me saying that that game was going to be close to the under, and I was going to sprinkle some on the money line. You did say that. For the Broncos? That, yes, I did. Oh, my God. I blacked out on that one. Wow. Oh, wow. 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 What, uh, what, what, a hit. I've been going through a lot, Emery. Okay. I don't remember Monday. I barely remember yesterday. But yeah. do you think um, I remember what happened last Monday? I remember when I'm right. Though. Well, well, he re- yeah, well, that's, you do. <laughs> well, when you're when you when you're right on a long shot that nobody believes in. Yeah, I get it. All right. I will give you your flowers, Emery. What what a good tell me. I mean, tell the, you, the Broncos haven't beaten the Chiefs in eight years. Yeah, it was 2015 I, when Peyton Manning won. Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's a great poll. It's a great poll by you. Yeah. Yeah. I already okay. tweeted out, so we can move yeah. on. Okay, good. I was gonna say, well, you've you've had a lot of those. Uh, any any takeaways from you, prop stars in in the prop market this weekend? Were people performing to expectation? Obviously, yeah, injuries. Yeah, I think there's still plenty of spots and values to be found, particularly like as you mentioned, Katie, in props. There's just a lot of emerging emerging players whose role and production still are growing, as we've seen. Two guys in particular that I highlighted on our Sunday uh, kickoff show on the early edge were Trey McBride and Demario Douglas. Trey McBride being the new yes. tight end one on the Arizona Cardinals. Zach Ertz on injured reserve ended up with. 14 targets, 10 receptions, 95 yards, a touchdown. If you're playing in a tight end premium fantasy league, that's a 30 bomb right there. So mm. I think uh, his role, whether no matter who's under center, uh, whether it's Josh Dobbs or Kyler Murray, he's going to continue producing as a, a tight end one there. Demario Douglas, uh, Patriots wide receiver, uh, played 41 of the 53 snaps exclusively from the slot, which is very valuable in that Bill Belichick offense. Ended up with four receptions, not a lot of yards, but with Kendrick Bourne on the shelf. Patriots obviously trailing in a lot of negative games scripts as well Demario douglas is a guy i feel like whose role uh could continue to emerge as the season progresses all right good insight there let's get this rolling and talk about week nine people titans at steelers steelers playing three which is interesting to me this total 36 and a half uh will levis under hop connected for what three touchdowns yesterday four, four touchdowns four touchdowns Four touchdowns yesterday. Uh, very exciting in the old Oilers uh, uniforms there, too. 
this game is interesting to me just because there's been a lot of talk about the Titans making a lot of moves for the trade. You've heard Derrick Henry kind of trade rumors potentially. Well, they, they, the report now is that well, the report now is that Henry won't be traded. Okay. Well, what about D Hop? I feel like his name. I mean, after this weekend, I would think. Yeah, he's probably off, he's probably off the market now. Yeah. All right. Well, so that that takes that out of it. So when you look at this, Emery, you look at Will Levis. Were you impressed by him? Do you think this is the truth or do you think he got lucky? I think I was impressed because here's the thing. You got to go out there and perform. You only can do what you are asked to do. And the fact that he went out there and wasn't afraid of the moment. He wasn't trying to just hit check downs and, you know, don't make the mistake. He was working touchdown to check down, which is what you want to see. So that was a positive sign for him. Um, yeah, he. some people say he just kept throwing it to DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I mean, who else would you throw to if you had him? Why not, right? Yeah. And so I, I'm, more, I'm more impressed that the league allows DeAndre Hopkins to, you know, headlock somebody, you know, and then get away with it. Like, there's never an offensive pass interference on DeAndre Hopkins with what he does to these defensive backs when he's in a <laughs> route. Like, he's doing all kind of crazy stuff. But you have to like Will Levis and what he did, especially against – a team in Atlanta that does a fantastic job applying pressure, which brings us to what he's going to see this week from the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's going to be mm. a lot of pressure. Yeah, um, He's going to have to do it again. Um, the good part is for him is that if, even if he has a rookie type game on the other side of the field, you had Mr. Trubisky. So it may not look as bad in terms of the Titans Oh man, they got blown out because the Steelers' defense just overwhelmed Will, Will Levis. He could perform at an average rate and still be in this ball game. So I think this is a good one for them to go on the road and steal because you yeah. won't have Kenny Pickett and you have Trubisky, who's very much prone to turnover. Turnover machine, yeah. And so now you have a Titans defense that can apply pressure. I like the Titans plus the points here. I le- I lean that way with you as well, Prof. What do you think? Yeah, I was impressed by Will Levis as well. Uh, He matched Ryan Tannehill's touchdown passes in the first half. Um, Tannehill had had on the season. So, uh, yeah, it just goes to show you there just wasn't a lot of uh, passing production from this Tennessee offense. But, yeah, I think he suddenly makes, you know, guys like DeAndre Hopkins. uh, Alive again. Yeah, alive, potentially viable options. I do think there's a solid chance that this ends up being the best, uh, at least from a statistical perspective, uh, standpoint, the best performance of Will Levis's season uh, this past game. But uh, yeah, certainly impressed. I think he, uh, the, the guys on the team are live and I think it's going to kind of put some uh, energy back into this somewhat lifeless Tennessee offense. So good yeah, things ahead. Definitely more of a vertical, uh, opens up like things vertically for the Tennessee offense more than Tannehill, more than Malik Willis do. Um, you know, we didn't see him run. He stayed, he hung in there under pressure. Really, really impressive. You know, the, the first touchdown was probably like offensive pass interference, but but whatever. I, yeah, I, mean, I think Levis <laughs> makes the offense uh, a little bit better. I still take the under here. I don't think we're going to see a ton of scoring. Next game, which I'm supposed to bring up. Dolphins at the Chiefs. That's in Germany. Uh, I was going to say some German phrase, but I'm afraid I'll bratwurst. How about that? Uh, Chiefs minus two and a half, total of 50 and a half. Um this one's a tough one because we don't know exactly what we're going to get in terms of um, travel for either team. I know Miami's leaving today, and 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes is dealing with the flu. The Chiefs are getting you know, a little juiced up there at, at to 115. I, and we also don't know what the surface is like. So um, I think it's the first the first Germany game in a long time. Or did they play Tom Brady playing Germany? No, last, right? last year, I think they were. Yeah, Tom Brady playing Germany yeah. last year. I, I need yeah. to look at that and see what um, – See what the scoring was, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think this is, it's also just like, it's a tough game to handicap because you have two really good teams with lots of offense in theory, but the Chiefs defense has been very good. Dolphins defense has not been great. Dolphins offense has been fantastic, uh, but it's overseas and, and you're going to have to deal with the travel and you have to deal with the Patrick Mahomes, a, you know, MVP candidate who's been sick. So uh, it's, a, it's a difficult game to handicap. I would agree. I will say Patrick Mahomes, 14 and three straight up after a loss and international favorites in games not featuring the Jags are 22 and nine against the spread. So hitting at 71%. Listen, I, I've watched over the last three seasons because they're in their third year, European League of American football. There's about maybe eight teams in Germany and the fields. Over, I don't know which stadium they're going to exactly use, but with eight different franchises, I've seen a lot of the German games and they've done a fantastic job with the field. It may be more grass fields than turf fields, which is always a plus. Um, but the matchup here to me is big because I feel like the Chiefs defense matches up well with Miami's offense. The mm. defensive line in particular, they do a fantastic job of collapsing a pocket around quarterbacks so they can crowd you and make it tough for you to get rid of those quick throws. So it's going to be fascinating to see how Tua and that offense supersedes that. So I see the under being more in play here than anything because I feel like the Chiefs defense has been the story all season long, and this is a good test for them and a good matchup, in my opinion, despite the speed and explosiveness. The way they collapse the pocket could make things a little bit tight for Miami. And I would be remiss if I did not mention Rasheed Rice. I try to mention him every single <laughs> stream appearance every we have, guys, but I can't help it. He continues to impress me. He leads all wide receivers in the NFL in yards per route run. That is super impressive for a rookie, for anyone, obviously. Still a ton of upside here. He had a career-high 61%, played a career-high 61% of the snaps yesterday, uh, so that's obviously encouraging. That was more than any other Chiefs wide receiver, so his role in the offense continues to grow. Still, he should be running routes, at least, or playing 80 to 90% of the snaps, in my opinion, so still a ton of untapped upside here, but uh, yeah, I think he's going to settle in, or he has already settled in as far as I'm concerned, uh, as the number two option in that passing attack. You see his relationship with Mahomes and Mahomes' confidence in him growing on a week-by-week -week basis. I think Rasheed Rice is going to have a monster second half of the season. What's the latest on um, A-Chan? Is he, when he, is he... He'll be back week 11. Week 11. Okay, so we got a couple more weeks. So they, expect him, they expect him to be full systems go uh, immediately uh, once he gets taken off IR. So the game is played at Frankfurt Stadium. I don't know if that's the same stadium the Frankfurt Galaxy plays in, but when you watch the Frankfurt Galaxy, the Munich Ravens, the Ryan Fire, they they do a good job in Germany. Germany's been playing U.S. Uh, U.S. Uh, American football for a minute, so oh. they do a fantastic job over there with the field. So I don't think traction and it's not like London. So I think we're in for a good game uh, down there, over there in Germany. Okay, good good scouting report on the uh, Germany stadiums there. All right, moving on. Rams at Packers. Packers laying a field goal. This total 39 and a half. Rams just got 
kicked in the face um, by the Dallas Cowboys. However, Matt Stafford injured, I believe it's to his throwing hand, right? His thumb. Yeah, right hand, uh, thumb on his right hand. Thumb on his right hand. So uh, I don't want to, I don't, honestly, I don't want to touch this game. I don't like betting on the Packers and I don't want to bet on the Rams without um, Matthew Stafford. But uh, any, what, what does this do for the prop market with no Stafford? Are you still looking at Puka? Are you still looking at Cooper Cup? Yeah, not sure really what we're going to get out of a Brett Ripien offense here. Uh, this is kind of a byproduct of how this Rams roster is constructed, extremely top-heavy. Uh, they had been pretty fortunate early in the season, you know, having Aaron Donald play, uh, Stafford obviously not having sustained an injury, and then obviously Kuka emerging, Cooper Cup back healthy. But, yeah, this is just a very top-heavy roster with a lot of talent, and then it's just a lot of uh, young, emerging, unproven players. But when you see, you know, the core guys get hurt, kind of things just kind of crater as a result of that. So, yeah, I'm personally staying away from the Rams side of things until we have a little bit better idea of how this offense functions sans Matt Stafford. But we'll kind of really put into perspective, you know, that he is a viable MVP candidate most likely when we see what this offense looks like without him. Yeah. Hey, now we're talking. That. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I think – I don't think you. I don't think you take anything on this game right now. I mean, especially knowing that. Um, I mean, Jordan Love has been wildly inconsistent, and just you don't know what you're going to get for the Packers' offense. Rams' defense. I know. I know that they got like stomped by the Cowboys on um, on Sunday, but I think you know the Cowboys had a defensive score. They also had a punt blocked for a safety, and I want to say that um, they had. Uh, well, I guess they only had they had like two, two you know, one. Well, they, they had a, so they had a, a a a pick six, and then they also got the ball in LA's thirteen to begin a drive, um, and and so it's like, and then they had one that they you know, I mean like it's they just had you know they just had they were they had they had they had LA down early. You don't know if Stafford's going to play. I don't think I don't think this Green Bay offense will do a ton against the Rams defense. See the total thirty six and a half. It's just not a game. I think it's a you stay away from it right now until you know whether because Stafford at thirty nine and a half. Excuse me, Stafford might end up actually playing. But I mean, oh. it, it, certainly because he he caught a touch. He got a two point conversion. Uh, I think that's when he heard his hand. That's when he hurt his hand. Because no, no, he. No, he he already his hand was in a his hand was taped up and he hurt his hand. It was on a it was on he was. Uh, on the follow through on a um, a pass attempt, it went into Demarcus Lawrence's helmet, into the face mask, and you could oh. and like and basically like Lawrence is like you know his head's moving, it gets jammed in there, and he like pulls it out, and he's like ah, and they taped it up, and then they ran that stupid Philly special play on the two point conversion, knowing Stafford's hurt, he still dives and he catches it. Um, I think at that point they're like, what are we? What the hell are we doing? Let's get him out of here. We're getting blown out of this game. Um, so like, I think Stafford could end up playing, but you know, we'll like, we'll, we'll, we'll see Buccaneers at the Texans total of 40, another low total uh, Texans minus three. They lose. They give the Panthers their first win on Sunday. <laughs> um, Finally. Yeah. Get the uh, Bucks catching a little bit of juice here. Totals actually uh, ticked up to no, actually sitting at 40. Um, not exactly a thrilling game here. But certainly will be a, a potentially difficult test for for CJ Stroud against a tough defense if Vita Vey is able to play. Yeah. Any thoughts on this game? It's kind of boring. Yeah, both solid defenses uh, make this a strong underplay. I had something on a Rams Packers game. It is. Um, I would take the Packers too, but uh, but this game, I just think defenses will make the unders in play. So I would lean under. 
All right. Uh, any props input here? Probably not. No, okay, no I think it's, yeah. Commanders it's, at. Get on Patriots. to another thrilling game here in week nine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, commanders at Patriots, Patriots uh, laying three, this total still 39 and a half. Uh, Sam Howell versus Mac Jones, Emery. Yeah, that's the matchup here. Um, you know, it's funny when you think about how the Chiefs are struggling offensively, then you look at what the commanders are doing. I thought they had a chance to win that ball game, but you can kind of trust their offense to find some things against this defense. Um, people just keep getting hurt for the Patriots. Uh, especially on offense. So I, I would lean taking the commanders in the points here. Um, I just think that it's, it's gut check time for Ron Rivera and, and everyone's playing for jobs now. I think the commanders can go ahead on and get this one done. So I'm going to take them plus the points here while I still value. Yeah, it was nice to see Jahan Dotson uh, flash. It's been a really tough season for Dotson. High expectations coming into the year. Had a pretty solid rookie season. Was certainly explosive. His touchdown to catch ratio uh, was really impressive. That regressed naturally, but hadn't really done much of anything to start the season. That was despite you know Sam Howe really airing the ball out. This offense being a lot more aggressive passing a lot more so it's kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde situation for Sam Howe one week he'll throw for a ton of yards and some touchdowns next week not really do anything curious how he does against this pretty solid Patriots defense uh one guy again I have my eye on is Demario Douglas I expect him to be the biggest beneficiary of Kendrick Bourne who unfortunately suffered an ACL tear out for the season he had been having a breakout season uh but yeah Douglas should emerge in my opinion as Potentially Mac Jones is number one target. He's running his routes exclusively out of the slot. Uh, one of the more explosive options. They had a log jam sort of at wide receiver. Uh, Tyquan Thornton had been a healthy scratch second round pick from last year. So I think ultimately this is a good spot for Douglas to emerge uh, for Mac Jones. He's a guy that I have my eye on for props uh, both this week and a fantastic matchup against the commanders who give up more explosive pass plays than any defense in the NFL. Yeah. How many times are we going to see the ball turned over in that game? All right, guys, we are going to take a quick break here, but stick around. we got a brand new segment where we try and beat the line movement coming up next. You're watching Pick 6. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. We've got a new segment for you this week, although I think we did it last week as well, where we tried to give you a bet to lock in early before the lines move. We are calling it Anticipation Plays. This segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every move more. Um, What was the... Okay, so last week, 
I gave the Texans minus three, thought it would end up being five and a half, ended up being three and a half. Emery, like the Ravens, minus eight and a half. Said it could get all the way up to 12 and a half, but it did go up to nine and a half. So that was a good one to get in early. And then Brinson, 49ers minus six, minus the eight. Well, well, I, I mean, it went I mean, up to five and a half. You were right. We didn't win, but you were right on the line movement. Was that right on the line movement? Yeah, because you said it would go up to, well, you did it. Well, no, no you I said it would go the other way, but that's because. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it got to five and a half. Wait, what was it when I said? It was six, and then you said it would go to eight, but then the Brock Purdy thing brought it down to three. And yeah, then yeah, the, quarter, the, whole, the, whole, the whole quarterback thing is what I think sort of threw that for a little. We, yeah. we did it on Monday before Brock Purdy was even in concussion protocol. Like We didn't even know it. Remember, he got in a concussion protocol late in the right. week. Yeah. Like, like, after, week. We, after we did the show. Yeah, I would have I would have gone with something um, different. Like, for instance, I should have gone. Well, it wouldn't matter, I guess, because it didn't move the opposite way. But uh, the Panthers, who were catching three at home and won the game, thank you very much, as I told you they would, um, I'll take the Panthers this week. Panthers plus three. Uh, I think this is a big, big, big time wow. revenge revenge spot for Frank Wright. Coming off his first win, there's you sort of you you burst the you you, you let some air out of the balloon in terms of the pressure of getting that win. You now are going against a team that fired you for Jeff Saturday. Yeah. And doesn't have Anthony Richardson. They're starting Gardner Minshew. This team, this is a Frank Reich special where I think I think I think people in Carolina, including my parents, who are complaining constantly about Frank Reich for some reason, uh, don't understand that like this team probably loves Frank Reich. And they, I mean, they they're they're gonna rally around Frank Reich. When when you got a coach and you're fighting hard for that coach, you pick up your first win, everybody's enthusiastic, and you're rolling that momentum into a home game where you're an underdog against a team that fired. Your, your 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 boss. Like I think these guys are gonna get gassed up for Frank Reich. Bryce Young wants to have a huge game against for Frank Reich. Wants to point out, yeah, and again, Anthony Richardson not playing on the other side, but you want to make everybody, you know, you're playing the, the rookie another rookie quarterback's team, right? Yeah. You want to make sure they know that you're the best rookie quarterback. I think we get a good game for Bryce Young. I think the and I think uh leading into this game, we'll see um we'll see that we'll see the line dip down a little closer to one, I think, with the uh well, with the Panthers at home. I'll go next because mine goes side you know hand in hand with yours um looking at that total it's at 44 and a half it opened up as low as 43 and a half and it's already as high as 45 and a half um even in in some books just like an hour after sunday night's action so if you look at indianapolis they've scored 57 77 65 total points in the last three games and like you said the panthers are going to be here ready to play revenge game i like this over 44 and a half just because i think that it could tick up even a little bit higher We've already seen it rise, you know, one, two points. Okay. What about, uh, what about you, Emery? What you got is your uh, anticipatory line move here. I'm going to go Seahawks in Baltimore. The line is now 42 and a half. I, once Twitter gets a hold of how well the passing game looks for Seattle and, you know, what Lamar Jackson is doing in the passing game, they'll talk this line up to about 40 and a half. I do think it's ridiculously low. Uh, and I'll get to more detail when we talk about the game. Yeah, and I'm going to take a shot on Atlanta here. I believe they're around minus four and a half. I could see this one potentially closing minus five and a half, minus six, or even up to six and a half. Uh, I just think with Jaron Hall at quarterback for Minnesota, got Taylor Heineke coming in under center for Atlanta. I think that's going to be a pretty sizable boost. Uh, for Atlanta's pass catchers. I've been impressed with the Falcons' defense. They're playing at home as well. I just think this is a letdown spot uh, for Minnesota. I could see the Falcons 
uh, you know, potentially winning by a touchdown plus here. I think they could end up closing at six point favorites as well. All right. This anticipation play segment has been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Brinson. Yes, that's right. By my fault. I was sort of checked out thinking about how into the segment. I get it. Yeah, I was thinking about how bad my neck hurts and how much I don't want to watch Bears at Saints. Just kidding. I'm sure it'll be a great game. Saints minus seven, total of 41 and a half. I mean, so, sorry, some of these matchups are just not compelling from an aesthetic standpoint, especially on a Monday. Like, it's like, I don't care about this game one freaking bit. Um, yeah. I think if if the like the Saints offense should be able to move the ball against this Bears defense, although, you know, give Chicago some credit for playing better. But back-to-back know, -back road games, you're on the West Coast, you're going to New Orleans. You got to deal with the Superdome. It's a big game for the Saints. They know they have to win it. Derek Carr's there. And uh, I don't uh, – like, the only way this moves tremendously is if we get Justin Fields in. I don't think he's supposed to play, right? This is another uh, secret Bajit man matchup, I, I believe, Emory, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really have nothing on this game, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, right. prop, anything? Uh, not a lot. Just want to point out it's been disappointing for Chris Olave. Uh, I will eat crow here. Obviously, coming into the year, thought he was headed for just an absolute monster year. I still feel like, you know, he can right the ship uh, with a big second half. The, the volume hasn't been a problem recently. It's just been he's been very inefficient, not on the same page with Carr. Meanwhile, Rashid Shahid has been extremely efficient on minimal volume, uh, had his third 100-yard performance of the season, averaging 21 yards per, per reception. Very impressive number. Three receiving touchdowns as well. Hopefully this is a matchup against this Bears pass defense uh, that we've seen every single quarterback, including Justin Herbert, last night completely shred. So if Olave can't produce here, uh, time to sound the alarm. Okay, moving on. Vikings, 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 Vikings at Falcons. Went ahead and uh, mashed those two words up. Vikings, no, Falcons, like four and a half here. The look ahead line was the Falcons minus one and a half was closer to a pick -em, but obviously no Kirk Cousins, no Justin Jefferson. Uh, we've seen this line move this total 37 and a half. Um, Emery, you're looking at Jaron Hall in this game. My skill set, my warehouse scouting. Oh, my God. <laughs> what can I tell you guys about Jaron Hall? He's my fifth-ranked quarterback in his draft class. And the good part about what he has done so far is that he's starting to do a little bit better than what I anticipated when he's been out there because injury concern was huge coming out of BYU. So many concussions, knock on woods. You hope that's not going to flare up against uh, the Falcons if he gets hit. But to me, he's someone that played just like Zach Wilson out there, but he just wasn't out. He actually was a starter for giving way to Zach Wilson because he got knocked out. Zach Wilson came in, played well, and kept the job. Uh, but above average field vision, you know, he's someone that does bring the dual threat capability in there. Had a really solid senior bowl week, got better as the week went on. And in my scouting report, I have he has very good movement as a passer, pocket mobility, running ability, gets good complete, uh, consistent placement on his passes, and he's able to keep the ball out of harm's way all of which are going to be key against a very aggressive Falcons defense. So in uh, my estimation, this is going to be fun to watch. The, I think the Vikings shouldn't go out and grab a veteran, see what you have in Jaron Hall, and mm -hmm. then make adjustments at the end of the season. But this is why you drafted him. This is why you brought him in. Let the kid rock out. Well, because you were seeing how well that they were doing even without, you know, um, Justin Jefferson, Addison stepped up big. We even saw um, who's the running back that came from the Rams. My, uh, Cam Akers is starting to get a little bit of play there. Yeah, so it was just such a bummer. And obviously, 
Kirk Cousins is such a likable guy, especially after watching the quarterback series. It's just you hate to see it happen to anyone specifically Brutal. with him. Um, but w- what are you looking at uh, props wise? A real shame, Katie. Kirk Cousins have been playing so well this season. Really think that guy was criminally or is criminally underrated. So hate to see that injury for him. Uh, but yeah, as far as props are concerned in this game, you know the quarterback situation is dire in Atlanta when you get excited about Taylor Heineke coming <laughs> under center. But frankly, I am. I think it's going to be a big boost for Drake London, who's really played well. Uh, certainly should help Kyle Pitts out as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to this Falcons offense being able a little bit to, to push the ball down the field. I think that's going to ultimately help the run game as well. See B. John Robinson hopefully get back on track. Had a fairly good game this week, 11 carries, 62 yards. Wasn't really utilized uh, out of the backfield as a receiver. Still would like to see him uh, with some bigger workloads. So uh, hopefully Heineke can uh, produce some good results for the Falcons, help open up the offense because the defense has been – very good. However, they did lose Grady Jarrett uh, to a season-ending injury. Mm. Interior lineman, very good player, all pro caliber, made multiple pro balls. So that's a miss for them. But, uh, yeah, they have the depth to hopefully overcome that. And the Falcons' defense has been uh, very good so far. Bit of breaking news, uh, conveniently timed, since we're talking about the Seahawks at oh. the Ravens. Seahawks are getting some help in terms of their defense. The Giants trading – Leonard Williams to the Seahawks. Wow. Uh, with uh, the Giants getting back a 2024 second rounder and a 2025 fifth rounder. You would think that second rounder, Seahawks already five and two. Leonard Williams only helps that defense. USC guy, not like Pete Carroll was there when he was there, but certainly, you know, that connection uh, with Pete and his, and his, is it your alma mater if you coach there? Coaching alma mater? Fight Maybe. on, whatever. Yeah. Um, his old, his old employer. Uh, Leonard Williams, like, you know, Fantastic player. Um, and Seattle coming to Baltimore, you would think, I guess, I guess, I don't know how they would do this, right? It's Monday. I guess Leonard Williams is going to fly out to Seattle, do the physical, do all that. And then I would guess that he's, he's playing like sort of a rotational snap basis uh, this week, yeah. just because it, just because the deal is going down on a Monday, um, you know, Seattle will have him in the building, uh, you know, cool. I would think tonight, I mean, today, tomorrow, um, and you, you know, you've got this matchup against Baltimore. It's a huge matchup, bird bird matchup. One, that's always an important factor. Uh, <laughs> and then two, you got just two. Like, yeah, it's not that insane to suggest that the Ravens and the Seahawks could be a Super Bowl matchup either. I mean, that's the NFL is wide open enough this year that like if the if, they, if, if I mean, I think I think I think it'd be a surprising matchup. And uh, and plus, this way, both teams can't lose when I suggest it, like the uh, like the Lions and the Dolphins two weeks ago. Um, uh, but I yeah, I, I would think you see Leonard Williams on a, on a semi-rotational basis, and this only boost, you know, uh, prop. You, uh, you and RJ were big on the Seahawks before the season yeah. uh, to win the division bets, make the playoff bets. All those look very, yep, all those look very, very good. I mean, the, the make the playoff bet. Uh, I believe right now the uh, Seahawks are to make the playoffs are very. I believe it's um let me see, I'll tell you exactly. I'm just looking it up. It is they're minus three fifty to make the playoffs. They're plus like one fifty before the season. So you're feeling very, very good about that. I think it should actually be lower than that. It should be like minus five hundred, honestly, given how they played. And I'll probably take the points here with Seattle. Baltimore's really good at home. 
But, you know, I, I think this is the sort of trade where you got to get Leonard Williams, who's like a, I mean, a Pro Bowl caliber interior defensive lineman, like defensive lineman, or just you can move them all around too. You can edge, you can be an edge rusher, you can rush on the interior you know, with Dexter Lawrence. Uh, they've done some different stuff. But, like, I think Seattle will be creative with him. I think he will make an impact. And I think, too, on a week where you're coming off this huge win against Cleveland at the last second, you know, with where you're the two final plays on the offense and the defensive side of the ball were made by rookies. You have these great rookie classes the last two years. You feel all this momentum in Seattle. And then you go out and make this trade for like a big name player. Like you're giving up like a future second round pick. Like that gets your team. Your team's like, yeah, like these guys, we believe it. Like, you know, it, I, so I think five and a half, probably a bit steep for me uh, in, in that market. I'll take Seattle with the points there. Brinson, uh, you know, who else is huge on Seattle was Emory Hunt. He has him winning yes. the NFC West. Right. Not, every show on this show is is um, is not going. <laughs> no, it's, it's, but here's here's I, I was on a Baltimore uh, Ravens radio show in the summer, and we were doing season predictions, and I brought up the Seattle being a, a very tough game for Baltimore, and everybody was like, "Why?" I was like, "Where are the Ravens? You know, questionable. It's in the secondary. Where is Seattle strong at receiver in the passing game? Yep. This game is probably going to be." back and forth because if you notice and this is maybe I, I people love this technique that in when you're playing in phase where you just don't look back for the ball you just grab onto the receiver's chest and hope for the best and try to play through the hands at the last second you're going to get burned a ton of times and marlon humphrey is great at doing that technique but he leaves himself susceptible to illegal contact pass interference and in this ball game Whoever he's going to be matched up on, whether it's DK Metcalf or Jackson Smith and Jigba, either way, the Ravens don't have enough of Marlon Humphreys out there in the secondary. And I think this one could go where they, they're going to be able to score. And we know Lamar Jackson is able to lock in and they'll find big plays. I That's why I, I say 42 and a half is too low. Mm. I think people are thinking defense yeah. in this one. No, this is going to be an all offensive game because both teams are going to be able to go up and down the field. And that's a, that's a good call. We've seen Seattle too, like more than willing, and Baltimore as well, like more than willing to sort of get engaged in these, like, you know, it's those games where like both teams spin the tempo up a little bit. You know, like you can't run the ball. You're like, all right, we're going to pass the ball. And you just start seeing these like back and forth. And yeah, I could, I could see that uh, for sure. Prop, you got anything on this game? Uh, I just love this Leonard Williams move. I think it's huge for Seattle. The rich get richer. Uh, I, I argued during the offseason, one of the most talented defenses on paper in the NFL. Uh, they certainly look better and better every week. So love this move to offset the loss of Nwosu, uh, who I believe led the yep. team in sacks. So, uh, yeah, definitely a welcome addition there. I think that's going to really help out. Uh, the defense add more depth. So uh, love it for Seattle. I also like Seattle in this matchup. Uh, I think five and a half is too many points as well. I think the over, as Emery mentioned, is a very good look uh, here as well. So all in on Seattle. Can't believe they were even money to make the playoffs in silly. the offseason. Silly, silly. Yeah, my biggest position as far as futures are concerned. So definitely liking how that's trending. All right, let's take a break. When we come back. You see, Elks just took down the Browns, and now Cleveland gets another shot at an NFC West opponent, this time at home, and you won't believe just how another low total. We'll tell you about it next. <laughs> 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. We are looking at next week's lines on a Monday. Cardinals at the Browns. Browns minus 7. Total of 38 and a half. I mean, uh, prob- although do you mention him, Trey McBride, uh, 14 targets. For a team that is probably going to have to throw the, you know, see the total thirty and having this, like, what's the? I mean, this is basically saying it's like twenty three sixteen is the, you know, is is the rough uh, expected game score, which is not thrilling. But you would think if the if the if the Cardinals are trailing a ton here, they're going to have to throw it, and Trey McBride could be the beneficiary there with Zach Wilson, Zach Ertz, excuse me, on IR. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think Trey McBride's going to continue uh, seeing his role expand in the offense now, running a full complement of snaps with Zach Ertz on IR. Uh, yeah, so I like Trey McBride quite a bit. I do want to point out Amari Cooper's having a very fine season uh, for these Cleveland Browns, regardless of who's under center, whether it's been Deshaun Watson, whether it's been P.J. Walker uh, or DTR. But yeah, Amari Cooper continues to produce uh, despite, you know, under uh, subpar quarterback play. So Definitely want to give a shout out to Amari Cooper. What's the latest on Deshaun Brown or Deshaun Watson? Is he playing? Uh, he didn't want to play, so he's probably not playing. But well, we talked about this with Brady, and Brady was like trying to clarify what he said on Fox Sports Radio last week. Oh. But like, I mean, you know, Deshaun has a fully guaranteed contract. He doesn't have to play if you know he doesn't like. He doesn't have to go out there and risk long-term injury with his rotator cuff. And you know, you saw as soon as like people started questioning it immediately, there's stuff out there. It's like Deshaun's been fighting through this injury to get better. It's like, ah, we see that your agent is leaking this out. Um, I, I would be surprised if he plays. I'm not sure that uh, you know, Cardinals defense. Well, actually, I take that back. I think this would be the week where Deshaun Watson does play because he's got a bad defense and he thinks he can go out there and he can play well. Um, I think I think that this the player empowerment's great. So I'm not I'm not dogging it. It's like it's a weird two sided coin. It's just like, you know, like Deshaun. Deshaun feels like he's very. I don't know. Deshaun. Do you think Deshaun, he plays I, again I, this I, season? I, yeah, I think he'll play again this season. I just think like if if his if his contract were incentive based, he would be out there trying to play. And let, me jump, let me jump. I gotta I gotta say this because this has been bugging me fun. the whole couple weeks. Um, the man said he can, he can't throw right, and yeah. then he, he did look throw. terrible out there. He tried to throw a, a screen pass, and the ball just didn't have. Then he tried to throw a gasser down on a deep flag route. Could he one hopped it? Then the interception he threw when he rolled out. So he's trying to roll toward. He's rolled toward his left, building up some good momentum to to fire a dart, 
and just couldn't get it to the receiver. Yeah. It does. It pick. does look like he is not so, capable of throwing the football the way that he you, you normally so, should. So, so everybody say he needs to get out there and play. He needs to get out there and play. And he was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But you're medically cleared, blah, blah, blah. Even though they know the difference between medically cleared and able to play. So he goes out there, has a bad uh, quarter versus the coach. Like, I told y'all. Like, now y'all happy? So until he feels healthy, um, I, I wouldn't go out there if I were him. Because, again, he's a high-velocity thrower. He's not a one, two, three, get the ball out, dink and dunk guy uh, like some quarterbacks. He lives at the intermediate level and is a deep ball guy. And if you can't get that gas on those passes, then you're just putting your team in harm's way like he did against uh, the Colts. And luckily, it um, it worked out for him in the end because both – and that ties to this ball game because both P.J. Walker and Josh Dobbs keep both teams in the game. So they were able to get some some big plays because the Gardner Minshew keeps out the team in the game as well. But if I'm Deshaun Watt, until you feel comfortable that you can get good RPMs on that on those on those passes, don't go out there because all teams are going to do is blitz you. You're going to take a lot of hits, i.e. against the coast. We had a concussion. And so he's doing the right thing. But because it's Deshaun Watson, everyone mm. is taking it the wrong way and making it about him and the contract and him not be, like we did the same thing. We saw the same thing with Burrow, but we knew Burrow was not 100 percent with, with his calf. And when he got 100 percent, guess what came back into play? The deep ball, the high velocity throws against he, played. he played, but he he was getting beat up and they were losing. So why would you do that? And everyone, even Jamar Chase was like, nah, man, wait till week five. So I, I just it's think a, it's, a, it's a it's a tough it's a, I think it's a tough like I agree with you. Like he shouldn't be out there playing if it's gonna cost his team, but I also think that like I mean, it, there's. I, I think here's here's. Let me let me put this as like a larger like frame to the like Cleveland thing. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think it's like Kevin. The team is letting it be known that he's medically cleared and that he is making his personal decision not to play. And that when he did play, um, he he went out there and against the Colts. He, he's like went out there and threw five passes. Was like I ain't feeling it and pulled himself out. And so like I think that this is. I think that the the problem is for Cleveland with where they are in terms of the you know. They're what now five and three, four and three. They're a three-way tie with the Steelers and the Bengals uh, behind the Ravens in that division. Um, when you look at the AFC, they're the seven seed right now. Um, you're you've got to be feeling Kevin Stefanski, uh, Ken Carmen, and Anthony Lima, uh, Ken, buddy friend of the podcast. Uh, they got into this like huge thing about Kevin Stefanski on their radio show this morning in 92 on 923 the fan in Cleveland. I think there is a lot of pressure building in Cleveland right now with Kevin Stefanski. And I think that Kevin Stefanski believes he'd be winning more games. He like they'd have a better record if they had Baker Mayfield versus Deshaun Watson, just because Baker's you know healthier, he can run the system. Deshaun hadn't been able to get he had one, he's had one good game since he got there. And I think I just think like it's even if it's I just think it's. A, I think there's a lot of people in a lot of different places on this whole thing, and it wouldn't be shocking if like this Cleveland team kind of cratered because of uh, dis, uh, disparate viewpoints with the coaching staff, the front office, and then of course with the the actual roster itself. All right, next up we have Colts and Panthers, but I think we should just skip this one because we already talked about it um, quite a bit in our FanDuel anticipation plays. So, Brinson, who else we got? Next up, I got the Panthers now. Cowboys and the Eagles. Yeah. I know. Just let people know. Cowboys and the Eagles. A fascinating uh, game here because the Cowboys just stomped the Rams. Uh, was it forty-three to twenty? Was the final yeah. score? Yeah. Forty. Yeah. Forty-three. Four touchdowns to, for Dak, right? 
Yep, Dak looked great. CeeDee Lamb had a career uh, career high in terms of catches and yardage. And then you have the Eagles. It's like A.J. Brown and CeeDee Lamb might be the two best wide receivers in football right now, along with Tyreek Hill, I guess, and Justin Jefferson when he comes back. Jamar Chase, man, wide receiver. Unbelievable group of wide receivers. LSU wide receivers, too, by the way, or SEC wide receivers, if you want. Um, but the, uh, the Eagles only laying three here is a little surprising. I feel like the Eagles have looked – you know, the Eagles – I guess it's the Cowboys or America's team, et cetera, et cetera. I tend to think that the Eagles are the play here at minus three, yeah. but it is a little, a little, a little saucy baka, uh, just only being three points. I tend to agree. I just think, you know, divisional game uh, versus the Cowboys. Cowboys tend to play the Eagles tough. Obviously, commanders have played the Eagles tough as well. So uh, should, should really be an interesting matchup. We've seen the Cowboys either route their opponents or get routed themselves. Haven't seen them in a lot of neutral game script still trying to struggle to figure out what this Cowboys team even looks like because uh, yeah they're either playing with a big lead or playing from behind so should be interesting AJ Brown just unbelievable sixth consecutive game with over 125 receiving yards uh, if that's not impressive enough had a hundred percent catch rate this week as well eight targets eight receptions uh, just some grown man stuff from AJ Brown also saw Devontae Smith uh, have a bit of a breakout game. It's been a struggle for him, so it was good to see him, uh, you know, finish with close to 100 receiving yards himself. The Eagles definitely made a concentrated effort to get Devontae Smith uh, involved, so that passing offense is really clicking. Jalen Hurts isn't as mobile as he has been. I think he's playing uh, a little bit hurt, but I think it kind of benefits the Eagles, interestingly enough. I think as a result, we're seeing him kind of focus more on being uh, a pocket passer, and uh, the results are obviously impressive, so yeah, I think this is a great matchup against the Cowboys, but I also think the Cow or excuse me, the Eagles here uh, as three point favorites. I think I, I like them in the spot. Yeah, I look at the Cowboys receivers against this Eagles secondary because if you watch the Washington game, and you know there are some opportunities deep down the field against this secondary, and this is an old Mike Leach thing. When you think about playing these teams that can blitz, it's like, hey, if you're willing to take a few hits in the pocket. There's touchdowns on the other side of that pressure. And when you think about who we saw a lot of, we saw a lot of, uh, you know, 24 for the Eagles, saw a lot of back of his jersey. The receivers was getting behind him, you know. And so if you can block a little bit, Dallas has the personnel to really attack. I think the over is definitely in play uh, in this one. I see this one like I see the big uh, Seahawks and, and Ravens game. This one will go back and forth for big plays in the passing game. Yeah, uh, I agree. I would lean Eagles here too. I just don't know if you can trust Dak Prescott in big games, you know. And Cal Cal has been terrible on the road too. Terrible on the road, yeah, like exactly. Great at home, and he's coming off a big game. Now he's got a huge divisional rival. Like, I don't know, Katie. This, just, this might be the first time I've ever heard you back the Eagles, so I feel like uh, it's, it's just really nice to hear. That's not true. I've taken like I've taken Hurts for an anytime touchdown multiple times. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe I haven't backed them on the spread. Yeah, that, that could, that could be true. That could be true, but I would definitely lay the three here. Cause I, I trust they've been more consistent than the Cowboys have. The Cowboys are either getting blown out or being, uh, or blowing somebody else out. So it's kind of like the Eagles, they've won some tight games. 
Um, but they've just been more consistent. I do think that that offense is finally starting to heat up. The loss of Shane Steichen was really hard for them for the first few weeks, but starting to all come together here. Uh, next up, less exciting game. The Giants at the Raiders. Yeah. Raiders laying three here. This total 39. Uh, the Raiders, I believe, are playing tonight, right? So that could um, change this line. We'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo can stay healthy for this game, what that looks like. Giants. Oh, coming off a really ugly, horrible loss to the Jets um, on Sunday. I don't. I don't. I, it's it's hard to back. Game. It's hard to back the Giants right now. You. Yeah. You know, you you lose to the Jets just in like just a like I like Nick Costas was texting thread like I'm sick to my stomach. It's like over, over what he's like the oh, Giants. It's, Giants like, yeah. it's like one like dude. Yeah. Your team sucks. So yeah. maybe don't get too worried about it. Um, you're gonna get a better draft pick, but it's also like they signed. Yes, yeah, and Daniel Jones is this huge deal. So is you get this great draft pick, and now all of a sudden you're like, oh, wish we hadn't have done that. Um, trade Leonard Williams. So this debilitating loss to the Jets in the shared home stadium in overtime. And then you trade like one of your better defenders. And then you got to get on the road and go out to Vegas. Like, I know what I would be doing at like what are they now? Are they two and uh I believe they're uh what two and five? Is that right? Two and six, two and five, two and six. If I'm on the Giants and we're two and six and we've just lost an overtime to the Jets and we're trading away players and they might trade some more before the franchise for the for the trade deadline on on Tuesday at 4 p.m. We'll have a live show. So check that out uh, tomorrow. I'm probably going to have a big Friday night out in Vegas <laughs> and maybe a big Saturday night. Okay. I'm just saying like the they might look a little lethargic coming out of the gates uh, if I'm Brian Dable, I'm probably hitting the craps table pretty hard or at least playing some blackjack and like, uh, you know, maybe not taking it too deep on Saturday or anything like that. But I'm just saying, I think that this team, if they trade away, like it's just they're waving the white flag. Like when you're, they, they're eating most of Leonard Williams salary to over $10 million, according to a report from Mike Garofalo of NFL media in order to get better draft compensation. So they are, they are essentially waving the white flag. And when you wave the white flag and you get on the road and go to Las Vegas, Dangerous spots. We've seen some teams be lethargic in Las Vegas so far this season. All right. Not. Anything else on this game? No. Daniel Jones will start, though. Uh, but it's funny how it is. I like the Raiders even more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if, you, if he's ready to start, why wasn't he ready to play yesterday? Hmm. You know? That's... I don't. Why would we ask the same questions about Daniel Jones? Well, we but ask I think about Deshaun Watson. Every the, the offense was moving better with Tyrod Taylor. I feel like, or Tyrod, they, I feel like they were like, let's just uh, keep this going. I don't know. Is Tyrod Taylor cursed? By the way, Maybe. I mean, has anybody ever like suffered? Like he's like gets to start with the Browns when they draft Baker, and he like gets a concussion in like the first quarter. And he's like gets to start for the Chargers when they draft Justin Herbert, and they stab him in the ribs. And he's oh, getting some right. starts. He's getting some starts because Daniel Jones is banged up and looks like the better quarterback. And then he suffers another rib injury. I feel bad for the guy. I love Tyrod Taylor. I, I do too. All right. Finally, too. Bills at the Bengals. Bengals minus three, a total of 48 and a half Sunday night football. Fantastic game. Uh, Bills getting juice at uh, plus three and uh, the over getting some juice at plus minus 115, 48 and a half. Of course, the last two times that these two teams met um, was the playoff game in which the uh, the Bills just got manhandled. And then the time before that was the DeMar Hamlin game. So um, should I, I'm assuming NBC will have some rel related content for us on oh, Sunday yeah. night for that. Oh, uh, yeah. Man, it's hard to uh, hard not to back the Bengals in this spot. They look great. 
lately. Yeah. Also think this could be a little bit more of an under game than than you sort of believe. 48 and a half. It's it's not you you think it'd be more like a 50 point total just because it's uh you know the Sunday night game, these two big offenses. Uh but Luana Rumo's defense, they can slow some people down and, and the Bengals aren't afraid to sort of churn and burn. But any thoughts on this game, uh Emory? No, I just think it's gonna look a lot like the AFC divisional playoff, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the Bengals, although to, to Bill's credit, they are able to run the ball a little bit better this year. Um, that's been a pleasant surprise. I like where the number is for the uh, total. So I may have more of a, a lean toward the over than opposed to uh, the point spread because I think we're in for another back and forth affair, depending on what the weather is like out there. And, and since it is weekend, it should be fine. Um, but I think we're, we're going to get this back and forth because both teams now are able to play the same game. I just felt the Bengals looked excellent coming off the bye week. Saw Joe Burrow look as healthy as he's looked all year. Saw a very balanced Bengals offense as well. Joe Mixon had success running the football. And then I think a big boost for the offense is T. Higgins. T. Higgins back, had that rib injury, had only eclipsed 30 yards one time this season prior to yesterday. Uh, Prior to the bye week, he was splitting snaps with Trent Irwin, played a full complement of snaps yesterday, had a big game, had over 70 receiving yards. So they are firing on all cylinders. I think uh, the Bills are really catching the Bengals at the wrong time here personally. So, yeah, I just think this is a good spot for a Bengals team that's peaking, has all the momentum. I look to back the Bengals here, uh, likely will be one of the few sides I'm on this week. We'll be back in Cincinnati minus three. As do I. I feel like the Bills have been very volatile, kind of up and down. And the Bengals obviously started off slow with an injured Joe Burrow, but they've been going like this ever since. And, I mean, Joe Burrow has got to be all the way back. Three touchdowns, two and 83 pass yards, 43 rush yards. I mean, he was just juking, moving, and doing all of the things. So um, I will take the Bengals minus a three. And it's interesting because this line opened up closer to a pick on Bengals minus one and a half. Um, and now it's already been bet to Bengals minus three. So if you like it, you might want to bet it now. That could be one of those ones. Um, that moves as well. And this is going to do it for our early show. Make sure you join us all week for more NFL coverage. Tomorrow, Brinson, Breach, and Winston Wilson are joined by Pete Prisco to break down his weekly power rankings on CBSSports.com. One last reminder, show us some love, the like, comment, hit subscribe on the YouTube page. If you're listening to audio, do the same. Follow, download, leave a five-star review, tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. And uh, we'll see you later.